Today is Wednesday, June 16th, 2021. Today I would like to discuss with you briefly on the importance of trans visibility. Now, when I mention trans visibility, I pretty much would like to take the time to express my experience since I've started transitioning. One, because it has taken me some time to want to open up about this process and that I don't see it really as a transition to anything different other than to what was expected or that I have already felt. Recently, there have been arguments regarding young people who are trans-identified or non-binary. We're referring to children or young people who are under the age of 18. As many have opinions about this, as a trans woman or woman of trans experience, a black woman of trans experience, I find myself quite disturbed by the conversations that are being had specifically within our community of those who identify as lesbian, gay, and bisexual. Regardless of party politics, regardless of ideology, regardless of who one chooses to sleep with or marry, it is important for people to recognize that young people have thoughts and they more importantly can figure certain things out without the input of others. Growing up in the 80s, in the 90s, we often saw uh, what we would say role models or depictions on television of couples or, uh, or you know, married couples or, or just heterosexual normative, right? Heterosexual love. The idea of being the gender you were born. A lot of times those um, situations or those type of storylines played great fantasies in our minds. Never once had I thought that because I watched a heterosexual relationship that I had to be in a hetero relationship, nor when I seen gay relationships or same gender relationships or uh, uh, later on in the years, uh, on television, I didn't think that I needed to be gay. I just thought it was just a show. So I think that we've been disingenuous when we have this argument about media and how media is portraying this idea of uh, LGBTQIA as some type of poison or some type of um, um, phenomena that's going on that is a and really, some cases in some of these communities' eyes as a pandemic, let's be honest. So being that we know what we know, right, about those who are of trans experience and what it means to deal with gender and body dysphoria, I want to take this time to appreciate the young people under 18 who, like myself, knew who they were, but were often afraid of speaking out because they were often told that their voices didn't matter or they were too young to uh, have an opinion or know certain things. Um, and I think it's important that these young people 
can feel that they have support, regardless of what we may think. These young people will grow up and they will grow up to either respect you, love you, hate you, and maybe all of the above. But at the end of the day, I don't find it to be those who aren't part of the community to be giving input or those who really aren't part of the trans community. For instance, prior to my transition, I found it relatively uh, uncomfortable to talk about the rights of women, women's rights, reproductive rights, their health, because I felt that was up to her, her body, her doctor, her family, her friends, who she wanted to share that opportunity and experience with. I feel the same about this case when it comes to trans uh, youth. I believe that young trans people have the resources now more than ever. And more importantly, there are many of us who are out here who are willing to be voices and be leaders for these young people and helping them understand that your process is your process. Your transition will always be your transition. But how do we make it, you know, youth friendly? How do we make it about them being great individuals versus them being sexualized, objectified, or often hearing the word no? Unfortunately, we don't have too many trans parents, um, parents who identify with the trans community, raising young people who are trans. And if we do, I look forward and would love to meet some of these families and speak to them about their experience. But I suffered greatly from depression and uh, and was, I will admit, uh, diagnosed with uh, severe chronic PTSD due to the fact that for so many years I had been suffering in my trauma. My childhood trauma turned into my young adult trauma. My young adult trauma turned into my adult trauma. And now that I've found ways to manage and get the support and help that I need, now after 35 years on this planet, I still have so much work to do from the years of my childhood that was often neglected, but also tormented by people within the heterosexual community or straight identified community and those within my own community who often felt it was their place to tell me what they felt about me or what I wasn't ready for or shouldn't have been ready for. And instead of telling me no, or instead of, you know, telling me something's wrong with me or I don't have, you know, any, uh, I don't know my body. Uh, no one offered ways for me to learn my body, to learn myself. I knew I was a, 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 a young girl of trans experience from a very young age. I had been like five or six when I knew. But growing up in a black home, a black Christian home, a black conservative Christian home, mostly in the suburbs and at times in uh, urban communities, there was no room for me to bring all of me to the table. I was a young child who was raised in a church. By the time I was 11 years old, I was teaching Bible study, uh, Sunday school rather, for the beginners, for those who are familiar with uh, the church in Sunday school. I was teaching beginners and many intermediate uh, uh, Sunday school. I was leading praise and worship, was leading testimony service. Uh, I, I grew up apostolic faith, Pentecostal. So our movement was testimony service. Praise and worship came a little later. But, you know, for us, it was more about a time of giving praise and thanks and being uh, 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 of the 
presence in the presence of God, what the Holy Spirit meant, right? For those who practice the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. I say all that to say, which will be a further conversation later on uh, in one of these podcasts where I'll be talking about the role that religion played for me in my transition, but also what religion played prior to my transition and how many of the women that I had aspired to become and had inspired me were women of the cloth, women of religious backgrounds. Um, I know many people like to, and I'll go back to the young folks uh, briefly, but uh, in a little bit, but I know folks really like to talk about, you know, the Padilla Bells of the world, the Whitney Houston's of the world, the Diana Ross's of the world, the Barbara Streisand's, the Marilyn Monroe. But for some of us, we grew up listening and being in the church. So some of those women and women who were unknown to many people around the world, maybe within our denomination or such, those were the women who were examples. When I grew up growing up, I knew growing up, I wanted to be in the body that I wanted to be in. I wasn't in that body. So when I would dress and, you know, put on a t-shirt on my head to feel like I had long hair or put on my sister's dress or find something that my mom might've had that I could wrap real tight around my body, you know, and, and, and portray or live this image of what I, 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 I often seen and knew I was part of and wanted to be and how I felt. They weren't women of the world, right, as they would call them back in the day uh, or in the Christian community in the church. These were Christian women. These were women of the cloth. These were women in the Bible. These were women who carried Bibles. These were women who took care of their families and went to church seven days a week, sometimes, uh, at, you know, barely having time for themselves because it was all about the church. But that's a different topic for another time. I'm just letting you know that these young people have examples that are greater than those who you may seem to be of the world or evil or uh, of the devil or, you know, of no good. Uh, I, from my experience as a young child, not being able to express my identity or express my just expression, right? Just expression, just being human, the human expression for me became, uh, difficult. Uh, I was very depressed growing up and it was so, I was so depressed that there were times I don't even remember growing up or there were like times I've honestly blacked out and I can't tell you what happened during those months, years, that depression ran over to when, after I graduated high school, went off to college, I was still depressed. I was picked on, teased on, even in college would have people, um, you know, put feces on my doorknob, uh, urinate in front of my door. And I went to a university, uh, in which I will not name right now, but it was a historically black college and university. So I was going looking for a wholeness in my blackness, a wholeness in my community, a wholeness in what it means to have culture and community and what it means to be a leader. Uh, for my uh, and for the next, you know, millennium. So I knew what I wanted and why I chose the institution that I had chosen when I had other options. Not in a million years had I ever thought that I would have been suffering the amount of trauma uh, that I had suffered. Uh, I remember one year uh, in, in the dorm room, I lived on the first floor 
and someone had put a cocktail, uh, a makeshift cocktail on my window to try to, to, to expose my room and, and, and set my room on fire in the dorm room. And, uh, they were never caught. There was never an investigation. You know, it was like water under the bridge. You know, it was more like, you know, stop doing what you're doing in order for people to not want to harm you. Uh, and I want to really take a stretch here and say that I believe that sometimes goes from people tell women on how to dress. You know, if you're not so provocative and what you're wearing, uh, you know, he wouldn't have done that to you sort of situation. And I felt like because I was living or trying to live my truth and authenticity, it felt in understanding my purpose. It felt like I was continuing to be uh, uh, left in, in the water without a lifeboat or without a life jacket. I was I was literally drowning. And for years I have been fighting and welling in water, hoping to find the point where I can just be myself. I feel that younger folks who are experiencing this understanding of who they are, be it non-binary or trans, uh, this dysphoria is real, one. And two, by not giving space to these young people, you are creating future ones like me. And I, and I, and I beg to say that I am not someone who came out and used my hurt as a weapon towards others, even though I know it may have been that way or felt that way towards others because I was still working and healing myself. I want to apologize to them. And that'd be another podcast, the apology podcast. Um, but for me, I, I feel that young people need to have the space to grow and understand themselves, their bodies, so they're not as depressed or they're not putting themselves in harm's way or as the old folks would tell me, you know, looking for love in all the wrong places. Because I had a strong family who loved me, despite of me choosing to put my all on the back burner, I still came along with certain tools and resources to be able to get through the things I have today. Uh, I also acknowledge my faith growing up in the black church or growing up in the church in general and understanding what God is to me and what God meant to me also helped me understanding that my transition was not because of others, but was because of what I was to do. Uh, I didn't accept this assignment as light, as lightly as others might assume, or I don't think that this is something that I have lost my mind over. I, I eat, breathe, sleep, and have thought about who I am and my body and the image and what I want to look like and how I feel and what I know inside since I was very young, like five or six years old. Um, when I first knew about myself, it had been 1986. I know I'm telling my age. I had been like around three or four. So by 1986, 87, I really knew I was different and that I wasn't comfortable with what I was given. Uh, I believe it was December of 1986 when the late fabulous and magnificent uh, Sylvester James had passed away uh, due to, I believe, AIDS or complications to HIV. 
Uh, I'm not certain, but it was in the family of HIV AIDS. And I remember seeing this on television and I remember seeing Sylvester and seeing what all they had given the world and all they were. I saw me for the first time. And um, not to get too emotional, I remember like yesterday when I sat in front of that television and listened to people talk about Sylvester's life. I knew that was me. I knew I had something more to give. I knew I had a voice. I knew I had power. But I just didn't know my own strength. So for many years, I used my born name to hide Tony and to give Tony room to grow and to not be harmed. And because of that experience, I know what these young people are going through because that too was me. We don't want to be in the limelight. We're not asking for attention. We don't want anything special. We just want to live. To be 38 now and to know for more than 30 years of my life, I've been fighting to get to where I am today. I send this to the parents of young trans people. Keep loving them. You've done nothing wrong. You've made something special. Special enough to tell you who they are. Now. So it's up to you to find it in your heart. The joy you had. When you discovered you were. Having this life. Bringing in this form. With all this curiosity and wonder. Go back to that moment. Think about the joy you had when you knew you were bringing your baby home. That hug, that first grip of your finger, the smell of your baby's head, that smile. That's still that child. And in no way do we ever expect to hurt others. And in no ways are we looking to disrespect our parents. But we can't continue to be hurt. Damaged. Traumatized. Objectified. Demonized. And left without love. Because of other folks' uncomfort, their fear, and their lack of experience. I give kudos 
to my cisgendered brothers and sisters. You were born in the body and you are happy and proud of what you have. Ashe. But for those of us who are now getting it right on this side. We just need you to give us room for our rebirth. And if you don't give it to us, we're going to have it regardless. But we don't want to lose community where we don't have to. To the young people out there, keep going. Keep going. Stay strong. Stay committed. Know this too shall pass. And with all things comes the best example you have to give. This is your testimony. This is the toolbox for the rest of your life. Every hurtful thing, store it. Every mean expression, store it. Not to say in your bank and deposit it into your being, but hold on to it in your toolbox so you'll know what to look out for. Who not to trust. Who really cares versus those who are really just out to use you. I want to be that example because the women who are examples for me said to me, Tony, I've had to sell my body. I've had to drop out of middle school. I've had to drop out of high school. I've been beaten and, and cut up and shot at and, and damaged and raped. I've gone through all this so you and the future generations shouldn't have to we are suffering we are suffering we are fighting we are hurting but we're pressing because everything I know I am going through it is for you to be able to sit in this seat and not have to go through the same thing I've had to go through. Your fight will be different. But together, we will make it to what our promised land looks like. And I know that all starts with knowing your worth. As the great late Sylvester would say. We're all stars. And we only happen once. So don't let your light go out. Without you shining. Brighter than the human eye can see. Stay bright, stay amazing, stay you, forgive, 
love. But more importantly, choose your path. Be your own trailblazer. I can finally admit as a woman of trans experience, I am grateful for my late sister who came before me. For the women who came before me and put their lives, bodies and souls on the line so that I can choose to get an education. So I can choose to have a career and be a woman of trans experience that did not have to travel the road that they've had to travel. I traveled a road less traveled. I paved my own way. Doors closed. I climbed through someone's window. Buildings refused. I found somewhere to climb to get in. Keep climbing. Let the words and those who despise you be the strength you need to build your home on solid foundation. In closing, you matter because you're here now. That's the greatest lesson of it all. If it was a mistake, you wouldn't have made it. You're not a mistake. You're on time. Maybe misunderstood. But you're on time, baby. So be young. Be respectful. Learn. Gather. As much as you can. Soak it all up. Because we're waiting on you. We're proud of you. You're our future. And I'm glad you're here. Let's protect each other. And know that when I say we are a tuus, I say we are a tuus, A T I W U S, because, and then it was us. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast on my take, my letter, my support for the young people of non-binary trans experience. This is only an experience. Have so much more to give, so much life to live. It doesn't stop here. Stay safe. Stay love. It's blessing. Tony blessing that is. Until the next time.